Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all having a great week. Hope it's going well. I've got an exciting pronunciation British accent guide for you lined up today. A few items of news to get to first. So we're going to start off with some podcast reviews. I've got an exciting new opportunity for you to study English and have a free lesson. Then we're going to get into the topic all about connected speech. But first of all, as I mention every podcast episode, don't forget to check out the transcript. So if you want some extra help on catching all the words I'm saying and you know, maybe learning some new vocabulary, then I recommend checking out the transcript PDF, which you'll find in the show notes for this episode. And I also am very excited to mention a summer deal that italki are doing. So I actually took part in this summer deal as a teacher. And this is basically where they're giving a free trial lesson to anyone who joins italki. So what that means for you, if you don't already have an account, you can join the website, you don't pay any money, and you have a free lesson. So even if you never come back again, you know, you have some you have 30 minutes of English practice with a professional teacher if you like. And they can be from any country, any accent you want. So I get a lot of messages all the time about how can I study English for free, all of these things, this is your chance. So if you want to support my podcast as well, then go through my link, which is levelupenglish.school forward slash free, F-R-E-E. If you click the red button on that page, it will direct you to the italki website. Some of the teachers have a button where it says free lesson or free trial. Some of them are paid. So they're not all free. You have to choose which ones you want that are free. But many teachers are giving free lessons. So I highly recommend checking that out. And who knows, maybe you'll get addicted. Maybe you want more lessons after that too. And in which case, using my link, you should be able to get a bonus $10 as well. So that would be a nice bonus if you do decide to go for more lessons after your free one. Any more questions about that, just let me know, but it's an exciting opportunity for you. Something that I'm doing right after recording this episode is going on a live stream. So this is something that I've been experimenting with a bit recently. So on YouTube, I've been doing live streams where I'm playing a GeoGuessr, which is like a geography kind of game. And I think it's a really good opportunity to hang out with me and practice English as well. So if you want to be notified the next time I do a live stream, then you can head over to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash C slash English with Michael. Or maybe just type English with Michael. Hopefully you'll find it in the search. But yeah, if, if, you, if you are interested in hanging out with me live, something I want to do a little bit more in the future, 
So I hope you can hope you can join me next time. I've had a lot of very kind podcast reviews recently, so thank you so so much. I have a couple I want to read today. I've got one from Saudi Arabia, and this is from a username MGI O O O O O O O. Lots of O's. And they just said, I am in love with this podcast. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to hear that you like the podcast. So thank you for that. I also had another one from Oman as a new country for the podcast review. And this is from ALZHR811. I'm not going to pronounce that because there's not enough vowels for me. But the title says help. And they said, I couldn't find the PDF file. So first of all, even though you had a problem, thank you for giving me a five star rating. I do appreciate that. I guess you mean the PDF file for the transcript. Now, it does depend completely on what app you use. Many of you will be using the Apple podcast app, in which case there's a button that says show notes. And if you click on that, there'll be a link to the transcript. I use the Overcast app. On that app, you can just slide across, see the description and then download them. Some apps may not have it. And if you do not have the link, everything I talk about will be on the website. So once again, that's levelupenglish.school. And if you go to the podcast page, you can see a list of all the podcasts. And then from there, you can find all the transcripts, all of the links to the resources and everything I mentioned there. So if you ever have any doubts about where to find anything, just go to the website. It should be all there. And the best place to contact me is just by email. So if you have any problems, email me through the website. There's a few more reviews, but I think I'll get to them next week so we don't spend too much time. But thank you again, everyone, for taking the time to do that. It means a lot to me. Okay, so as I alluded to earlier, that means I mentioned earlier, the topic today is connected speech. This is something that I'm only going to scratch the surface of today because it's a very big topic. And I want to give kind of an overview today and some examples and why it is so important. In the future, I hope I can kind of delve deeper and do more in-depth episodes about this. So connected speech is basically where words merge together in speech and it sounds like one word. It's really important if you want to sound natural and we do it all the time. Of course, sometimes we do pause between words, but other phrases are often squished together. And I think it's part of the learning process to kind of see what, when is appropriate to squish together and when you should pause. And another thing is that British English will often do this in a way that can be different to American English. We might come back to that later. And just a quick shout out, if you want more practice on this topic, you may have heard of BBC's Six Minute English. They have a pronunciation series in which they talk about this topic a lot. So that might be helpful if you want to do some more study and 
see a, a video about it. So I recommend checking them out. So I'm going to go through a few different ways in which we connect speech today. I'll also mention the kind of technical term for them, but you don't need to know that. Just if, if you really want to be nerdy about it, you can know. So for example, the first one is called assimilation. And this is basically where one word changes the sound in a word before or after it. So an example of that is in the sentence, you should come. If we say it very quickly, it's you should come, you should come. You'll notice here the D is not pronounced because the should and the come are joined and squished together. So it sounds almost like a G sound, like a G. You should come, you should come. So there's one example for you to practice. Another one is, you should go, you should go. You should go to the park. So have a go at pronouncing that yourself and see if you can say it a little bit more like me. You should go to the park. Often if we pronounce the D, you should go to the park. It can sound a little bit too robotic. Another example is when a word ends in a n sound and then it's followed by a k or g and then that final n becomes a n, kind of like an ng. So one example of that would be one king, one king would become one king, one king. And when you pronounce that, the back of your throat is much more constricted. So the one sounds almost like wang, wang, one king. So the words are joined together and it just sounds like one really long word in a way. Another really common one, I think it's more common in American English because I don't think I do this, but we have the word last and year, but when they're together, it often sounds like last year, last year, last year. So the t at the end of last sounds a bit like a ch, last year, last year. So I went to school last year. Sometimes this is the case. However, I think I would probably just say last year. I don't think I would change it too much. So it does depend on where you're from and your personal preference as well. The next one to mention is elision, elision. And this is really common and it's when basically a phoneme or a sound is lost. And it often happens with the D sound, the D, or the T sound. And the reason this happens is just because it's quite difficult to make that sound. So we just omit it completely. We don't even pronounce it. So one example of that would be left and back. It's very hard to go quickly from a t and a b. So when we pronounce it together, we often say left back, left back. And the t is not even pronounced there. So you can notice that it's just a lot easier to say that way. One more really common example is next day, next day. If we say it quickly and naturally, 
often we don't say the T. Next day. It just sounds like next and day. I'll see him the next day. I'll see him the next day. So once again, have a go at pronouncing yourself. See how you do. Another feature of connected speech is known as catenation. This is basically where the last consonant of the first word is connected to the vowel sound at the start of the second word. So basically, it sounds like the word is split in a place where it isn't, where it sounds like it's connected, but it's actually not. So for example, pick it up, pick it up. If you don't know English, you might think I'm saying pi, ki, tup. But of course, tup is not a word. It's actually pick it up. But when we pronounce that kind of hard consonant and the, so and the vowel right afterwards, it's much easier to say tup, pick it up, pick it up. So again, it kind of flows much more easily. It's almost like one word. This is another thing they spoke about on Six Minute English. So again, you can check that out. The example that he gave was, he's holding an egg. He's holding an egg. So an egg, of course, is two words, but it sounds a bit different. It sounds like a neg, a neg. Another example they gave was, he's in the garden. He's in the garden. But he is in is squished together and it sounds like he's in. He's in the garden. So it's a very interesting feature of language, I think. So just a quick review of what we've mentioned today. We mentioned assimilation, which is where the part in between two words change. One more example of that would be imbaf. The in almost sounds like a m. Imbaf. The next one I mentioned was elision where often the T and D sounds are not pronounced, like left back or left back. And the final one, number three that I mentioned, was catenation, which is where basically they're squished together. It sounds like one word, like pick it up, pick it up. So your challenge is to think of some more examples of that. Do some research if you like, and let me know. If you're interested in this topic, I will kind of go back into more detail in these kind of specific areas in the future. And I would definitely be interested in learning more about it myself as well. Before we go, I want to give you a few more, a few more interesting examples that some people say and see if you've heard them before. So one of them is with the word and, often pronounced like a un. So we rarely say fish and chips. That just sounds very robotic. Um, fish and chips, they come together so often. You know, it's a very famous food in the UK. So we just say fish and chips. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. So can you think of any other pairs of items that go together so often, so frequently, that they become almost like one word? Fish and chips, table and chair. Can you think of any more? Another example is with of, of. 
So another very useful phrase in England is a pint of beer. Except we would often say a pint of beer. You know, there's two ways to say this. You could say a pint of beer. So it sounds like of, a pint of beer. Or if you want to be really casual, we just say like a schwa, like a uh, a pint of beer, a pint of beer. So I don't think I can really say that. I think my accent is too standard. But if you have, if you meet someone with a very local or a Cockney accent, then maybe it sounds a bit better. A pint of beer, please. So that's a common one is of becomes of or uh. Another example is the word have, have. So especially at the beginning of a, say, a question or a sentence, have often is shortened to, for example, have you finished? Have you finished? And you could reply to that, yes, I have. So have is pronounced fully at the end. But if it's a question, we can say have. Have you finished? Have you finished yet? Have you watched the movie yet? So again, see if you can think of more examples. And always you'll feel free to let me know. One more example when we add should as well is you should have told me. You should have told me. You should have told me. A very interesting change of the sound. Should have, should have. So both of them are weak. Both of them are not emphasised very much. There are so many examples of this in English. I've given just a couple today. I hope it's been useful and think about them yourself. Practice them and think about what other things you could say. If you want to hear more episodes on pronunciation, then please get in touch and let me know. I'm always open to suggestions and your feedback is what drives this podcast and you encourage me to keep going. Thank you very much for your continued support. Have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.